You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Carly's Couch. We're excited because today we have an awesome topic that everybody's always asking questions about, and we have awesome guests with us. I'm going to let Carly introduce our guests. Man, y'all know how we always talk about Mr. Williams, our most loyal (laughs) Carly's Couch listener who listens every episode we already had one of his amazing children on the bouch with us kiara she shared her story if you have not please check that episode out but today we are blessed to have mr sanford williams and his wife miss anastasia williams mrs anastasia williams on the couch with us to share their story and go in depth about relationships yes we figured because we don't know nothing about nothing about love or relationships so we're gonna let some experienced folks people who have some stories under your belt some conflict you've dealt with some great times you've had and help us out and help our listeners out a little bit so before we even really get started with your story i think the first thing i would want to know from you guys is how do you even define a successful relationship nope you go first you go first Oh, see y'all already. (laughs) That's real. Um, Yeah, I would say a relationship that's built on trust and respect is probably um, one of the most important things. Um, I guess if I was cheesy, I would say built on love. But what is love? Um, Love is a feeling in the beginning. um, And eventually love is a commitment that's built on respect and trust. Um, So um, to me, trust means um, dealing with the reality and the truths of life and taking those those things that happen to you in your life and in your relationship to build us closer together. You know, um, marriages work. Sanford doesn't say it as much as I do. I don't know if it's because I'm a woman, but you know, marriages work. (laughs) Um, It's a commitment. Um, it's a decision that you make um, to, um, to have and to hold for better or for worse. Um, and it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful journey. Um, certainly, I've been married for a very long time. I got married young. I was um, 18 when I got married. And a college student, Sanford was a graduate student. Um, and I was very, very serious. Um, way more serious than I think a lot of young people are today. And I feel like we grew up faster also. Like most of us expected you go off to college and then you go off and live your life and there's no thought of going back home or, you know, being attached to your parents per se. Um, And that can be good and bad. Um, But um, a successful relationship is built on um, trust and respect. What would you say? One thing I think is interesting, we've been married for 32 years. And the Anastasia that I married 32 years ago is not the same Anastasia now. And you have to be able to learn to grow. I mean, we were both students. I was a grad student, engineering graduate like Carly is uh, back then. She was still an undergrad. Uh, Now she's a physician who runs her own stuff and knows more, I think, about herself than she did then, the same as I do. So I think that the only thing I would add is that um, you have to respect that the other person may not always be where they are now and grow together, if you don't communicate that, that change and that growth 
uh, to each other, then you can you know, be in a different place because if someone's always expecting someone else to do something else and you're in a different place, it's not gonna work. You know, that makes me think about something that I'd read at one point. And I want to know if you agree or how you feel about it, especially knowing that you guys got together very young. Um, I read something that said, it's important to know yourself first and to have a clear understanding about yourself because if you don't know yourself, then what do you know you have to offer to this relationship? And to the point of you saying you can change and grow and things happen is if you, you have to know where you're trying to go and know what you want out of life so that later on you don't find yourself with a partner and it's like, oh, actually, this is what I care about. And now it's like, do I decide between stifling my dreams and, you know, this relationship? It, it might not go together. How do you feel about that as far as where you are with yourself? I agree with that statement. Um, I think that it's paramount, paramount for you to know yourself. Um, who you are, like you mentioned, can change over time, though, right? Um, and, but I would, I would go as far as to say the core of who you are in your 20s um, is who you are. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of built into your DNA and your fabric. Not to say that people cannot change, but you definitely don't want to go into a relationship feeling like, you know, you could change the other person to make them more of the person you need, that you know you need for yourself. It doesn't work that way. Um, I do think it's important for you to always be with someone who loves you more than they love themselves, because as long as there's a giving spirit on both sides, that leaves room for us to grow and to get to know ourselves, but to show compassion for the other and to be supportive as you grow. You really want to grow together. Just because a couple is married for 30 something years doesn't mean they're in a successful marriage, right? <laughs> I never assume because someone said say they've been married for a long time that they're going to be married for the rest of it. They could get divorced tomorrow. You don't know what's going on in their bedroom. <laughs> you don't know what's going on in their homes. Um, and so I guess I'm like my daughter, Kiara, in that I really think it's important to be real. You know, um, who cares what people think at the end of the day? Um, it's about you and your partner and what you agree upon. Yeah. 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 Um, also because when we got married a lot of folks were like well you get married so young right but we just felt that it was right and I think in part because the core of who you are doesn't change when we met I love the Los Angeles Lakers I love the Yankees I love UVA sports you know I love Georgetown basketball but you know the things that I love and I still love now um, but I've grown in different ways but at core the things that are most important to me family um, my kids um, taking care of folks um, and being compassionate um, hasn't changed. So even though the, the way I express those things have changed, the core hasn't changed, I don't think. Absolutely. And so y'all have kind of talked a little bit about it, but tell us about your story and your relationship. Like we heard, like y'all met in college, you know, she was an undergrad, you were in grad school. So how did you get to this 32-year marriage? Can I tell the story? My version is the correct story, right? All right. It all so, is. It's my story. That's the right story. Um, so I, um, I have always been a woman of faith. 
Um, I gave my life to the Lord at a very young age, not very young, but I was 14, not because of my parents. I was the first person in my household to what we call, um, get saved. Um, and, um, my relationship with God was critical to everything in terms of who I was and what what I wanted for my future. Um, I wasn't looking for a husband. I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. In fact, you know, boys were always hitting on me. So. You know, I I envied my friends who like could just live their lives for the Lord without. I'm from New York, so New York is that place where you walk down the street and if you pass a group of guys, they catcalling you and you know, oh baby, you look so fine. But as soon as you ignore them, they're like, you walk like a horse anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's rough growing up and going through puberty and all that in public and feeling exposed in the city. Well. Um, well, anyway, when I went off to college, um, I was um, in the gospel choir. Um, I sing. I'm a singer. I haven't sung in quite some time, but um, I had won several comp- competitions. And so um, I was invited to sing at a lot of student engagements on campus. So I sing at this, I think it was a Delta event, um, Jamboree, Jamboree, something like that, whatever they call it. And um, when I sing, this dude named Sanford saw me singing and he went home to his dorm where he was the RA um, uh, and told his roommates, that's what they told me. They told me that he said, I heard this girl Anastasia sing and I'm going to marry her one day. She will be my wife. <laughs> and they were like, um, you know, she's religious, right? You, you know, she's religious, you know, but I guess it didn't, it didn't really matter. Um, long story short, one day uh, we took a class together, um, Africana Studies class, African American history. He was a senior. I was a freshman at the time. And I started college at the age of fifteen, so we were close in age. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> real, okay. Just keep it real. And so one day we had old-fashioned phones. Then we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> and so one day I got a call in my dorm room from him, and he introduced himself and said that he sat. He was in the class with me and he noticed me and he wanted to know if I wanted to go out on a date. Of course, I come from a strict West Indian household as well. And I was like, this dude just wants to get into my freshman pants, you know? And I was like, no. Um, I was going to a gospel concert anyway um, in Binghamton. We went to Cornell, um, Ithaca, New York. And um, when I got back, my girlfriends were like, we saw what we saw Sanford. He was with another girl. He was on a date with another girl. I'm like, well, well, no sweat off my back. It's not like we were dating. But Sanford did call me again, and we just started talking on the phone for a while first. On, and we were both on campus, but we talked on the phone. <laughs> and eventually, he asked me out on a second date and on another date, and I said yes right away. On that first date, I have to tell you, I remember we were riding in the car. It was a, it was a um, Nesby. It was a Nesby dinner. He was an officer, and we had to go get a gift for the speaker. Yada, yada, yada. Too much details. And I remember riding in the car with him when we went to go buy the gifts for the speaker, coming back and hearing him talk about his family and the compassion he seemed to have in his voice and his thoughtfulness. He was very, always very respectful. And I remember thinking on that very first date, this dude could be my husband. Like I could see myself married to him, you know? And it was on our second date, um, I think our second date, we went to the movies. And I had gone on a date with a guy. I didn't date that much. 
but I'm just saying, I had gone on a date with the guy before that who was in the gospel choir with me. And when we got to the theater, he paid for his ticket and went on inside and left me standing out there like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's Dutch. I think, good thing I had money. You know, we went inside and we were watching a movie and he was doing that, like, you know, quite, you know how you're watching a movie next to that? Well, I'm old fashioned. And he did that. <sighs> <laughs> thing and I was like this dude is tripping and I bent forward like Boom! like don't touch me you know um so when Sanford asked me out to the movie several weeks later I went prepared this time expecting to pay for my ticket myself and all that and we walked across campus to the movie theater and then when we, up, when we went up to the counter I started to get my money he's like no that's okay not only had he purchased the ticket already not only had he, was he ready to pay for the ticket, he had gone early in the day and bought the tickets. So he took the two tickets out of his pocket and gave it. I was like, whoa, impressive, you know. Long story short, at the end of the day, date, we were walking home. He was walking me to my room. It was a cold Ithaca day. It was in um, December. Yeah. February. It was in February. And um, he never tried anything in the movie theater. He was so respectful, barely looked at me, but very kind, thoughtful, opened the door. We're walking home. He never tried anything. And I think that got my attention more than anything because I was used, I was used to guys always trying to get something, you know. And finally, um, I was like, well, how am I going to get him to like at least like hold my hands or something, you know. And so I was like, mm. It's so cold. My hands are so cold. Do you know what he did? You know what he did? Gave you his glove. Like, gave me his dad my gloves. I was like, this dude is tripping. So I walked along there. He gave me his gloves. And um, long story short, I baked the cake, I think, for you that day or that next day. And we had our first quick pecky kiss. And it's been love since. This is the guy, you know. Um, I couldn't imagine my life with anybody else, you know. So. I can't talk and, about that. and then so I'm gonna ask Sanford next. Now, how do you go from this? Oh, this is so beautiful and cute at the beginning to now, 30 years later, you still are together and still care about each other and have maintained your relationship. And I want to build on that question, not only 32 years, but also three kids who have their own lives and are very accomplished. And both Sanford and Anastasia are very accomplished in what they do and do so much for their community. So how did you get from there to here? So, oh, we had this really cute date yeah. and we're here. Well, I think a lot of things. I think the biggest thing, and um, I guess we can talk about our background. So uh, to back up, we both went to Cornell University. I got my engineering degree and MBA from Cornell and said you graduated with a degree in uh, chemistry. Then we moved to Charlottesville, Virginia, which is why UVA is behind us, um, with Kiara, who you know very well, and our son Sanford. And we had kids and she was in medical school, I was in law school. Um, so we went through that journey, graduated, um, and then moved on to, to do things in our career. But I think that through it all, the biggest thing was that um, I always loved and respected Anastasia, and I think she spoke the same way for me. And as I mentioned, when things change, we always talked about it. So as things change, a lot of times when things change, you might discuss it with certain friends. And I should preface all this by saying also, I always tell people, yes, we're very happy, we're very fortunate and blessed, but just because we have gotten to a point where we're happy and have a good relationship, it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody has their own journey to walk through. So what I like and what works for us may not work for somebody else. So I'm always kind of reticent to say, well, do it my way. But 
for us, I think the fact that we respect each other, we love each other, and we communicate. You know my daughter Kiara, you know my daughter Nia, they communicate very well. We've always taught them to say what you mean, say what you feel, be honest, be authentic. And I think by doing that with each other, that, that's helped us. Because I don't think if we weren't honest with each other about our goals and dreams, like she wanted to go to med school, and I wanted to go to law school at the same time, how's that gonna work? You know, we just said, we, we did it together. And we talked about it and we made it work. Um, I think, um, and I alluded, it, alluded to it earlier, I think that is important for you as a couple to understand what your role is as a wife in your relationship. You know, what your role is as a husband in your relationship. Everybody's relationship looks different. And it was a little hard for me at first because I don't come from a traditional family. My mother, I saw my mother go to school and grad school and run a business. Um, I never ever thought that because I had a family that I couldn't do what I want to do. I have a family and I'm still going to do what I want to do. It wasn't in my family. It wasn't about being a housewife and staying home with the kids and, and taking care of your man. Not that that's not a, a good definition of a wife for some people, but that, that did not work for me. And being a Christian and, um, well, at the time evangelical Christian didn't mean what it means now. I'm not that, I'm not that anymore. But, um, women had more traditional roles. And so at church, I always felt like, you know, a little bit like an outsider as a woman, you know, like I, I don't cook. I don't do laundry. <laughs> you know, my, my husband was Mr. Mom, you know, they call for their daddy in the middle of the night. And you know what? I didn't have a problem with that. Um, that was our relationship, you know, and I just had to, I think um, it worked for us. It definitely worked for me as a working mother, a working woman. I think you guys are very fortunate in that now um, couples tend to have, well, they strive to have more even responsibility. I'm a pediatrician and I have tons of dads that bring their kids in. That wasn't a huge thing before. You know what I mean? Dads tend to be much more involved and more, um, active parents than I think they were decades past when it was assumed that the mother would take care of the kids and the husband would, would work and make the money. Not that I don't like him working and making the money, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, so you, you get to decide, define your relationship and don't worry what other people, about what other people think if it works for you. One thing that you guys mentioned that I think is so important to add a little bit too is communication and the importance of communication. That's something personally where I struggle and I get yelled at all the time because I'm, I'm not communicating. I'm not being open enough. I'm going to say that for another episode. But my question for you is how do you create safe spaces for the other to feel okay communicating and to express yourselves um, and your needs and your wants? I think respect is the first part of it, but I think more importantly is um, you got to be honest. Um, I think, and I tell her this a lot, because we got together so young, um, we both got, we, neither one of us came from money, we had nothing, um, we didn't have a whole lot of relationships behind us, so I thought that the best way to have a such relationship was to talk about everything. So we talk about everything, whether it's sex, money, expectations, um, and if there's a question, we talk about it. Um, a lot of times I think folks don't do that. Uh, and that can be young folks or old folks, no matter what age you are. Um, 
and uh, Alexa mentioned problem communication. That, that's something a lot of folks have. So I don't think the same thing is unusual. Um, I think that for relationships, though, if you want it to be the best that it can be and reach its potential, um, you have to decide first if you have a person you can trust with your heart and with your feelings. And then once you do that, then you have to be totally honest and open. And that can be hard to be that vulnerable with folks because you don't know what somebody's gonna do. They, they could stomp on your heart or they could you know, listen and reciprocate. Um, that's a, a hard thing to make, which is why love um, or relationships can be tough. But I think you have to be open and honest with your communication. Um, and that's the, the way to, to, move, to move forward and be successful. And, and I still think that we're learning to communicate better. Um, there are still times when I, what I've learned over the years that while I may have something, something that I feel like I need you to understand about me, I need you to know, it may not be the right time. You know, it's timing, tone, and respect, you know, because there's no sense me of me vocalizing what I feel if they're not going to fall on ears that are receptive to hear me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I definitely think um, we're growing still always in trying to communicate. Um, I mean, I, you learn things about each other, right? Like if Sanford says, um, sometimes if he says, it's almost like decoding or something, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if he says, like he's nervous. <laughs> if he says, Anna, um, I'm thinking, what do you think about us having such and such for dinner? Sometimes that means if you ain't got a plan, then I think that's what we're going to have for dinner. I just want you to know. You know what I mean? Or maybe he really does want to know what I want to have for dinner. You understand what I'm saying? It gets complicated. It gets complicated, you know? Um, and so nine times out of 10, if there is a, a disagreement or an argument, we don't argue that much because it's a waste of time to argue with a lawyer. I ain't got time for that, you know? <laughs> I mean, for him, he just, I'll just say, okay. All right, whatever you say, that, that drops him nuts because he wants me to believe and agree and confirm that what he says is the correct answer because it's the law. You know, like are, right? I, you know I ain't got time for that. You know, I don't have the energy for it, so we don't argue very much. Um, but um, I forget what I was trying to say. I think what I was trying to say is that um, the effective way to communicate depends on the situation and, and the time timing you know you know if you well i won't go too deep in that and i'm gonna add that do what's best for you because i know some folks say never go to bed angry that's that's not right because if the lakers lose a big game and we don't have no but she lost, lost something whatever i'm not i'm not gonna be happy going to bed so don't tell me i don't want to hear about it talk, talk to me in the morning so there's nothing people will give you axioms like you have to do something a certain way. Um, there's certain things like respect, I think, and trust that are true, but there are other things that, you know, it depends on what works for you. So but let's say if you communicate best by writing a story or writing a song or writing a poem, you do, do, do it that way. But just let the person you're, you're with understand and um, hopefully respect how you express yourself. Thank you. Yeah, that's great advice. And I like that y'all are debunking a lot of these things that people make blanket statements about like how you can have a successful relationship. Um, something that I think about often as someone who wants to have it all is um, y'all seemingly have it all. Like you have, you know, successful careers, your own practices, you know, your faith, amazing children who are successful in their own rights. Now you have, you know, beautiful family, all this like 
how, like, how do you respond to the question? Because I'm sure you get it a lot. And if not, I'll be completely surprised. But how do you respond to the question when people are like, man, how do you have it all? How are you able to balance everything? Like, how do you do everything? I can't. I can't. And I'm not even going to pretend to do everything. You know, Stanford does a lot more than I do, I think. And there may be some times where I carry some more. Sometimes I do think that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you can't be all things to all people all the time. So I can't expect, I realized pretty quickly that I can't put my kids on a shelf and expect them to sit there and remain where they are in their lives while I go on about my life and then come back and expect to pick up from there. And so I really try in all that I do to, um, it's going to sound crazy, but I incorporate my, my kids. You know, if I'm going through something, <laughs> the whole family's going through it, <laughs> you know. Um, even when I was um, in medical school or resident, resident, I would sit around the table with the kids. They were young, but I would break down cases to a level that they could understand. And we would talk about cases like, what would you do if a kid stepped on something and there was something growing in his foot and da da da, da. What could it be? What's the differential? Like, ew, da, da, da. it's a worm, you know? <laughs> I try, I think we, um, we do life together. We do life together. Um, and I think we're all really good um, at encouraging each other. Um, there's one thing I really admire my kids about, one thing I really admire in them um, is that they all are the wing, the wind beneath my wings. They, they build you up. They are encouragers. They speak hope and life. They're positive, um, they're forward thinking. Um, and when they go through hard times, we all lift each other up. Um, and I think that's truly amazing. Like I'll look at Sanford and be like, wow, how did that happen? How did we end up with these kids that when I'm around them, they make me feel like a better person. That's crazy, you know? And, um, and I think it's being open and letting them see your flaws and seeing flaws in yourself and in your relationship and how you work through those things. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I, I, I admire my kids a lot. Um, they're really amazing. I'm gonna stop bragging on them, but I do, you know. And I think for me, I, um, one thing I try to set the tone for from the time Kiara was born is that my family comes first. So I've never been on like an all boys trip and I don't want to. Even when I have free time, like a couple weeks ago I was out in LA, I wanna spend time with Kiara uh, with Sanford and with Nia, with my wife, and, you know, with Carly when I see her too, you know, she's part of the family, and Alexia maybe one day too, but uh, that's always been my priority, and to some folks, they might say, well, you know, you missed out on doing certain things you like, but what gives me life um, is seeing them grow and do well, so I think for me, having my family first and everything, um, I coached basketball from 1990. Nine to like 2010, all the kids in different levels. I coached them in soccer. Um, Kiara went to go to a dance camp at the Poconos. I'm not into dance, but okay, we're doing that. You know, Sanford went to AU basketball. We did that. You know, Nia went to do gymnastics. We did that. You know, they did Jack and Jill, and I, I did that too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but reminds me of my parents. And when I was in elementary school, I used to walk by like the volunteer center and I'm like, dang, why she, she be in there cutting up construction paper and doing everything. <laughs> they, 
parents knew all my teachers and mm-hmm. everything, which now I'm like, oh, that was great because we had mm-hmm. real like, relationships with everything, you know, and you got to know what's going on with your kids. And I think too that that kind of stuff you mentioned about your parents being there, by us doing that now, we're still close. So last night was it three o'clock in the morning, our time. I get woken up because I hear Kiara's voice on the FaceTime with my wife, and then Nia joins in, and they're just talking. Of course, they wake me up, and I'm really, what are you talking about anywhere? I don't remember. It was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was tea, girl. It was good tea. <laughs> <laughs> but that that kind of relationship, and I don't say this is like, oh, we're all at, but that kind of relationship is honest and genuine because we've always, from the time Kiara could talk, you know, we talk like that. Um, and then Sanford came along with Nia. So um, having it all, I don't know if we have it all, but I'm, I'm very content and happy because I know that I've given all, my all, to my wife and my family and those close to us. And um, I will always do that. That's such an awesome answer. Um, my next question for you both is, how do you maintain your individuality in your own space in your relationship? How do you do that? It's easy for you. <laughs> I just get my space yeah. and do what I want to do. <laughs> I do what I want to do. <laughs> and I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> I, um, I like to read. Sanford reads a lot more than I do. He loves to read. Um, and I love movies, I love sci-fi, I love action. Not too much violence, but some violence. I love revenge, love revenge. Um, and I feel like, um, that sounds crazy, that was the other thing, my kids like TV. <laughs> we, we like to watch movies, and you're not supposed to encourage your kids to watch TV. They actually did not watch a lot of TV growing up because they didn't have time to do that. But we love movies. Um, I need an escape sometimes from day-to-day life and the reality of some of the challenges, some of the things I see on my job. Um, I just, I love sci-fi. It helps me relax. Um, A good Christian girl should say I pray and read my Bible and all that stuff. I still pray, um, but um, I think it's important to find time to yourself. I love to be in a quiet place and drink my coffee with the sun rising and hearing the birds chirp and to be alone sometimes, you know. You take space in order for you to rejuvenate. If there's one thing I've definitely learned is if you are constantly pouring out and you are not filling up your tank, you're gonna hit rock bottom. And it won't be good for you, it won't be good for your family, for your relationships, for your job. So you gotta fill up your tank, however that is for you to fill up that tank. Um, So I like to take Mm -hmm. time for myself. And I think it's important, um, I do the same thing. For me, I get filled up by being with my kids, know follow them on Instagram and stuff but also like I love watching sports um Kiara she said in episode 22 I think it was uh, she isn't she's not a sports ball person uh but she and Anastasia don't like sports but Sanford me and I do so we'll watch games and the game is on we talk to each other and you know uh we'll exchange texts and stuff like that but uh, I think most importantly besides doing what, what you like to do we respect each other so a big game is on then she knows I think okay I'll let Sanford do his thing I'm fine. Yeah, sometimes. It's hard. And if she's watching Star Trek or some movie she likes, you know, I just let her watch a movie. So we have to respect and give her space um, that she's not always going to be up on me and, and, and the reverse. And I don't have the expectation that, you know, she's, because I like something, she has to like it. Um, she likes what she likes. But for the big things, for the important things, like we go on vacation, I mean, and this is just us, because some people go on super vacations, we always go together because we just enjoy it and try to bring the kids along what she doesn't like to do. Mm-hmm. Sam was my best friend. I can really, really say that. 
But I'll also tell you sometimes he's like, okay, Anna, I know we're friends, we're best friends, but I need a wife to do wifely things. I don't just need a friend, you know what I'm saying? I'm just content to be like, let's just leave here and snuggle and watch movies and eat popcorn. And he's like, that's a start. <laughs> but um, he's definitely my best friend. And so I like being around him. He's an excellent listener and I'm a great talker. <laughs> Um, and I know he loves me no matter what I say, no matter what I do. So it's pretty cool. I, I like hanging out with him, you know, so I, it seems strange, but I like going on vacation with my husband. When my girlfriends want to go on a girlfriend trip, I'm like, well, can I at least bring Sanford and he could stay in his room with me? He doesn't have to hang out with us at the table and at the pool, but he can at least be there, you know. Um, he makes me feel uh, like a stronger woman, more confident, you know, and he's good at pouring into me. Um, I will say, I don't want, uh, how do you say? So this is a little off track, but it's still on the topic. I do think it's important to talk a little bit about challenges um, and difficulties because it's not all rosebuds and, you know, um, and I would say in the beginning, I would say in the first few decades, it's crazy to say that, I used to say every seven years, we, you'd go through a really difficult defining time in a relationship and either you grow closer together or you grow apart. And it was like year seven, year 14, year, year 21 was probably the last time <laughs> that I felt that way. But I definitely would be sometimes like, I don't know if I could stay married to him. I don't know if this marriage thing is for me. Like, you know, like I, I don't, I, I just don't know, you know. Um, the challenges sometimes of, as you can see, Sanford is really into the kids and family and I'm into him. I love my kids, but I wasn't that into their stuff. I grew up in New York. My parents never went to any of my activities except for maybe one or two the whole time. I'm like, why you need me to be there to watch you play basketball? Just play basketball. I don't want to be, I don't want to watch the whole game. You know what I'm saying? And um, he went to every single game. He never missed a thing. And sometimes it was just like a little much, you know, like, um, come on, Anna, you're going to this. Or there's a lacrosse game. Or they're, they're in Charlottesville in college and they're having a concert. And Jonathan, Sanford Jonathan, my son wants us to come to the Hullabahoo concert. Are you going to the concert? I'm like, why am I driving all the way to college to watch my kids sing in a concert? He's done. He's grown. He's gone. I've got stuff to do here. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like at times those were some um, tense, tense moments. Um, I would also say um, money stuff can be very stressful on a relationship. When you have plenty of it, it's like, whoa, easy, buy me diamonds, buy me, you know. But when you're going through times where you're struggling um, and sacrifices have to be made, um, it's not so much the sacrifice, but the, the pressure that it puts on you. Um, so I remember when we first got married a couple of years afterwards, after I had um, my son, yeah, Stanford was just finishing grad school and he was interviewing for jobs. And he did get like, I think at least one or two job offers. The market was tough that year. Um, and it was out of state, someplace else. And I'm like, okay, you need to take that job, you know? And he's like, oh no, the family needs to be together. I need to be with you and the kids. I'm like, no, no, you can take the job and get a nanny. You take the kids too. You take the kids and the job and leave me here. Let me finish school, <laughs> you know? And 
he was just insistent, like, no, I, the family has to stay together as a family unit. And so he turned down and he took a job teaching for a year while I finished up college. Then when we were done and it was time for him to go out and find a job, he couldn't find a job. It, it was really hard for several years. He could not find a job. You know what kind of attitude I had. I was like, you should have taken that job where they offered you the job. Talk about the family. You know what I'm saying? So that, that was tough those first few years. But of course, once he found the job and had a really good job, and then he went to law school, he was a lawyer, all of that stuff is like water under the bridge. But that's just that just goes to show you that um especially when it comes to finances and money and being able to make needs. We got married young. So we had a lot of love and a lot of, and a lot of time, but no money, you know? Um, whereas once I had my third child, um, I was a doctor, a pediatrician, he's a lawyer, you working at a law firm. We had much more money, but we had no time. You know, we didn't have, I didn't have as much time for the kids. And that was, that was stressful, you know, and we knew we had to make some changes in our lives to accommodate um, our family. So I don't think for women, there's any perfect time to have children, um, whether you're young or older, um, there's going to be challenges with every time, especially if you have a career. Um, some people choose to have a whole big career and get into kids. That's fine. Um, there is no perfect timing. It's just what's best for you and what your timing is. And especially for women, too. Most of my friends are women, um, female attorneys and female doctors, because that's just who we roll with generally. And, and talking to them, one thing that's uh, become abundantly clear is that um, you should do what you want to do, what you think is best, and not listen to advice. But still, in today's day and age, people, society expect women to get married by a certain age. Uh, they are married in a relationship to carry the burden of child care, going to Valentine's Day parties, doing doctor's appointments, and even the pandemic, women have lost far more money than men have and have fallen behind economically because still the burden is on them. And society, I mean, we talk about how advanced we are and uh, egalitarian we are, but we're not there yet. Um, so that's why it's important for young women like you to, to just keep doing your thing and, and do what, um, what works best for you and not listen to the noise. To people you respect, take in what they say, but I mean, you have to do what's best for you and not listen to what other folks' uh, perception is of what you should be doing now. And it is helpful that my husband's a feminist. That, that, that's fantastic. Because <laughs> we are all feminists. <laughs> I think my son is too. <laughs> where, during you guys' journey, where have you reached to get advice as needed or help? Let's say if it's like, man, I don't know, I'm having a little hard time. Who would you guys reach out to or how would you go about dealing with things like that? I think that that was difficult for me because, you know, I couldn't go to people at church because they're like, well, that's because you shouldn't be working and you need to be home and take care of your kids. And I used to sing on the choir, for example. And it took up a lot of our time. It took up a lot of my time. And I was working as a physician. I had my own job and my own business. And I had, you know three kids. And I remember confiding in a mother at our church. Um, we were talking about sex. Like, I'm tired. I, I, why do I have sex? So she was talking me through that. Don't get me wrong. I love sex. Sex with him is wonderful. But, you know, sometimes I'd rather sleep, you know. And, um, and I remember she was like, she was extremely helpful in telling me like, you know, that's the one time when you are intimate with your spouse, where he is all yours and you are all his. It's just you. And so it's not just about the physical part. 
it's about the connection, you know. She really helped me understand that better, you know. Um, so don't think of it as, ah, oh, he just wants my body, you know what I mean, or, 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 or pleasure. He wants to stay connected to me in the midst of all the craziness and all the running around and the busyness. But then I remember her saying also, so you need to think about dropping the choir. You're just doing too much. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the choir for me was my my time that I had that I needed to fill my bucket. So I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not dropping a fine. Thank you. But it was still valuable advice. So I think it is wonderful to have older people in your life or um, you got to be careful about taking advice from people who you choose to be in your circle. You know, if you have some, a friend who can't maintain a relationship themselves, you probably shouldn't be asking them advice about relationships, you know? Or if there are men who are raping women on somebody else's talk show, you should listen to them for advice. Yes, you should not. Um, you know. Because um, I did ask this question a lot at work because um, there aren't a lot of folks of color in my job and people ask about mentors. Um, I really have had a hard time finding mentors in the work world. And in terms of personal, my personal life, it's been similarly difficult because it's just hard to find folks who um, you respect, who you can um, count on. So I'd say I have a couple of best friends um, we have from college who are friends of both of us who I might talk to, but for serious things, I talk, I talk to her, you know, about things. And now I have three incredible adult children, so I talk to them as well. So if I need uh, advice on something, it's Anastasia, Kiara, Sanford, and Nia. Those are the folks who I What's cool about having adult children is that they know their dad. They know our relationship. They love their dad. They love me. So I can tell them the real, maybe sometimes a little too real. Um, and um, I don't have to worry about them taking sides per se. Uh, that sounds weird, but they try to be non-partial and they try to help me open my thinking um, and to see both sides. You know, and I do, we try to do the same for them too. So yeah, we don't have, I don't have a whole, my girlfriends are good. You know what's cool about Sanford too? His posse, his posse's cool. They are all like upright, you know, well, they're, <laughs> they're squares, you know, the squares. they're really nice, good people, always do the right thing. You know, they're not like a cheating crew. They don't drink, they don't smoke. They don't, no, 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 don't. I don't know. I drink now and I enjoy it. But um, they, I mean, they are a really cool posse of friends. And um, I think for Sanford and probably for them too, they can't necessarily hang out. A, a lot of guys think that being a man is about how many girls you can get or, you know, how you can um, be a, I don't know, I don't want to say a sugar daddy, but having game it's about having game how you dress how you and that's not how his posse is at all they're really family oriented and they're genuine people i think your friends also I mean, my are friends are friends, friends too right? and yeah it's another cool thing because we got together so young like all my friends are her friends and vice versa yeah, yeah. which is nice yeah I just want to say to our listeners that please watch the video because I'm not going to lie to y'all. My favorite part about this whole thing is watching Sanford be like, because it's like, it's just mad cool. Like, yep, I got it. I got it. I got it. But he, but he don't look too, too smiley, but looking very confident on sides as you let Anastasia tell everything over here. And I'm just loving watching your expressions because you're like, yep, I'm doing real good right now. Yep.
Well, no, she, and it's my so wife good. likes to talk. And she's a brilliant talker, so I, I just want to listen to her. She's, you know. I told you, yeah. I talk well. He listens well. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find somebody who compliments your strengths. Yeah, and let's ask you one more question. I'm going to let Carly ask you this yeah. last question, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. So you kind of got into it a little bit when you were talking about the story with the church mother and, and you know, sex and things like that in a relationship. So with everything that y'all have going on in the world, like, how do you keep the spark between y'all, that intimacy, not just physically, but how do you keep that spark over so many years? How do, how do we keep the spark? Uh, lots of reasons. Lots of reasons. One thing I think, um, by first of all, feeding each other. So what does that mean? Um, there's certain things that I want and certain things that she wants. But if I'm just trying to get what I want and she's not in the same accord, then it's not going to work. So by communicating and talking about, you know, what she wants to do, like she likes to go places where it's warm and where there's a beach. I like going where it's warm, but I like to involve my kids. So we'll say, okay, we'll go to LA. We'll let Kiara come with us for two days and then two days will be the two of us. So we compromise. But I think by constantly talking and asking her what she wants and what she needs, because again, like I said, the Anastasia 32 years ago was a different Anastasia than she is now. Um, she's um, more confident, more passionate, more beautiful, um, and she just knows what she wants. So um, I have to keep up with that and I'm just try to make her happy while not sacrificing my needs. You know, I think that's a really good question because um, I have to make, Sanford is a giver. I am a receiver. <laughs> so it's not natural for me to think of, I think of others, like they'll tell you, I'll do everything for everybody else. But in my own family, you know, I'm a receiver. And um, so I know that's one area where I know that I have to be intentional about you know, um, I like trying new things. I love traveling to different places. Um, even if we go for a walk, I don't want to walk the same route all the time. You know what I mean? And then you can get in those ruts where you've got the, I'm tired, but I really want to have sex. We can have sex the way we always have sex that we know we're both very, very happy. And it's comfortable, but is that sparky? It can be, you know, sometimes that's all the spark you need, you know, but, um, but I know that I, I have to, um, my sisters would say it differently, but um, I know Santa's committed to me um, and I appreciate that commitment and I want it to be well worth his time. I don't want him to ever feel like he's missing out on anything. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I'm just like, you ain't gonna get that. I'm sorry, yeah, this, that ship has passed, you know? But I try to be open-minded. Um, and really, I like doing new things and going new places and trying things if I'm not too tired. <laughs> so I do think it's important, like you said, to stay open, keep things exciting, you know? I remember I got home yesterday, um, and Sanford was like, come here, Anna, come here, come here, just come here, come here, come here, come here. And I, I, I like being in control. So I'm like, what, what do you want me to, what, what are you doing? You know, come here for what, you know? He's like, I had just gotten home from work, mm -hmm. you know? He's like, come here, come here, I have a surprise for you, I have a surprise for you. So I go over and he's like, okay, take off your pants. I'm like, what, wait a minute. <laughs> Pants that they keep putting online that make your booty look real good, supposedly, but they're really comfortable. He's like, Look what I got you. I saw it online. Try more, try more. Did you like them? 
they were cool. They felt really good. They yeah, hugged you. Pop- it was the tall one. And my family looked good. I'm walking around and he's like, Anna, Anna. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I guess those things are important. You know what I mean? You keep it kind of like just different, spontaneous. You know, I'm always happy to go on a spontaneous trip. Somewhere. We haven't mentioned that all, which is very important. I want to let this, let this uh, go by. As it's a pediatrician, um, Anastasia deals with this a lot. And I'm on the school board. I'm the chairman of the school board here in Manassas City. And we have a lot of kids who are struggling right now uh, with being home in the pandemic. And we see this in adults as well, um, uh, increase in anxiety, depression, and mental health issues. So, and I know you all mentioned this as well, which is why I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Self-care is so important. Um, and again, I find um, most of my women friends, they're the ones who sacrifice the most, who do the most for everybody else and put themselves last. And self-care is so important. And there's a quote that I sent to my staff recently, um, which I think is very important. And um, it uh, goes, you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep others warm. And that's a good admonition for folks to do. It's not, it's not being selfish to take care of yourself. Now, all you do is take care of yourself. That's being selfish. Um, but so many folks, especially women, get the message that, oh, they have to just do this and do that and do this to have it all. Sometimes you got to just say, look, you know, we're having cereal for dinner and we're watching movies and whatever. Um, and you have to let things go in certain spaces to take care of yourself. And I think it's important that folks keep that in mind because you don't always hear that from folks. People say, oh, you got to sacrifice and you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to work hard and do what you need to do. But if you don't take care of yourself and you can't be there for yourself and you burn yourself up, then you'll be no good to anybody. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you so much. And we want to um, let you know that we appreciate you coming on our show, giving us some wise words, giving us these funny stories. Sanford, you spending too much time online if you've seen them leggings. <laughs> leggings. Look, he got to support, I actually have some, but he got to support all of his kids and all his kids' friends and all his family. He'd be up on yeah, yeah. your ears open yeah. these days and your eyes open and know what's going on out here. Um, but again, we, we very much appreciate you all and we know we're going to have uh, lots of good feedback from speaking with you. And so for our shout out this week, we want to shout you guys out and just give you an opportunity if there's anything that you would like to uh, direct people to or, you know, mention or, or something that's important to you guys right now, um, give you an opportunity to do that. Um, I want to give a shout out to you ladies. I think you're doing a phenomenal job with this podcast. I'm not as faithful as a li- of a listener as Sanford is, but you know, that's how it goes in our house. Um, but I have heard some of the shows. Thank you for your transparency. Um, I think we need more real talk. And you guys are part of bringing that to the, to the community. So um, my shout out is for people to listen to your show and to follow you. You're still hey, thing. You. I was but I mean, I love your authenticity and I love the fact that you both have compassion to help folks, um, which is great. And please keep doing what you're doing because it's important. Um, I also have to mention all our kids, um, Kiara Imani, who's starting a new gig on KPLA 1580 in LA. We're proud of her, not just because of that, because she's awesome. Our son Sanford in New York City, who just had a baby, Zoe, who my wife is in love with. Can I show you a picture? you probably seen pictures, right? Our daughter Nia, who's graduated from UVA um, next month, um, is going to do her thing um, musically and um, going forward. So, we're, I mean, I'm immensely proud of all of them. And, and Anastasia, because what she does in our community. And I should mention also, uh, Besides the school board, um, I also work at the FCC. I work in the chairwoman's office uh, and I'm the head of one of our offices. So anyone has any questions about the Federal Communications Commission, we have an emergency broadband benefit program going on. We're giving money to folks who can't afford broadband. We have a homework connectivity program, $7.1 billion we got from 
Congress, which we're trying to um, give out around the country. So if anybody has any questions at all in the FCC space, um, please hit me up. You gotta see my lamb, baby. Let's see if I can get this to work. Uh, oh, cute. I can a little bit. There she is, there she is. Yeah, she's 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 Zozo. She's Zozo! And I'm much more into her than I've ever been to any, any of my kids. Like, I'm just, it's all so funny. That's so funny. Um, and then we usually end our shows with a question of the week that we all answer, that we want our guests to answer, and then our listeners through social media, they can answer as well. So this week, our question is, what is one thing you have learned about yourself from being in relationships? You go first. <laughs> um, I think I've probably started growing older. I get the most pleasure out of making the folks that I love happy. So um, I love going to my kids' concerts. I love going to see Kiara. Um, I love when I see Carly doing her exercise videos, you know, they're working out hard, which is all because I mean, she, she's not my kid, but because she's like part of the family. Um, so I get pleasure from seeing folks happy. So I know that's, that's what gives me life to help others be the best selves they can be and watching them be the best selves they can be. That's a good answer. Anastasia, what's one thing you've learned about yourself? Um, that um, I love being with the man who truly loves me. Um, I like being nurtured. Um, I love that his love is almost sacrificial and he loves me more than I think he loves himself. And it motivates me because I love him so much to be a better wife and um, to learn to show love, you know, how important it is to show love and to speak your partner's love language. Mm, that is beautiful. Man, brought a tear to my eye. Lexi, what is one thing you've learned about yourself from being in a relationship? Uh, I would say that I've always been a self-starter and bossy and, you know, doing my business and my work and all of those things first. And what I've learned in being in a relationship is that I actually don't always like feeling like I have to be in charge. So I kind of like sometimes when you know, they're in charge and they say, oh, let's do this, or I don't have to make all the decisions. So I, I've come to appreciate that and realize like, oh, I kind of like actually kind of what Anastasia is saying, like, oh, I get to chill. Like, I don't always have to be in charge here. And I feel confident that I'm being led in a good direction and by, by not having to be in the driver's seat. Man, that's so interesting. We usually never have the same answers. Um, I would say I'm learning to receive that is something I'm learning in relationships because I'm a giver. I'm like Sanford. I want to make everybody around me happy and like pour out and see you and cook for you and do all these things. And I'm learning that it's okay to receive and not in just romantic relationships, but also in friendships. And, you know, like Kiara loves on me and she wants to do life with me. And that's something that I had to learn how to receive, but I love it. And it's just, you know, such a beautiful thing whenever you're open to what people are trying to give you too. And you realize how much fun it is because you've been trying to do all this for everybody. And it's like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I can enjoy this <laughs> I can too. Have fun too. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, thank you guys again so much. We appreciate you. Oh, the last thing, because we didn't uh, get it from you yet, is if you're open to it, how can people reach out to you guys if they did want to maybe ask a question or, or say anything to you? Or about the FCC, like anything. What's yeah, a good is way there for them an to... email address or somewhere that you would send people? Yeah, for me, my work email address is Sanford, S-A-N-F-O-R-D dot Williams at F-C-C dot G-O-V. Um, you can email me there and um, I'll, I'll get back to folks. 
And I'm not on any social media pages or anything, but you can reach me by reaching him on LinkedIn. It's Sanford. It's Sanford online. Sanford is online. Well, thank you so much for your wise words. Like we said, we appreciate this and we will speak with you guys soon, hopefully. Yeah, thank y'all for this. Absolutely. Yeah, thank y'all. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>